Welcome to the Mutant Vehicle Project, Episode 3, Simon the Turtle. I'm your host, Thomas. And I'm your co-host, Eric. And I'm Touchy the Clown, and I will be your audio engineer. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Sam Ogden, one of the builders of Simon the Turtle. Before we dive into today's Mutant Vehicle Podcast, we'd like to take a step back to talk about our backgrounds. Thomas? So my name is Thomas. I've been uh, burning since 2010 with my lovely wife, Jill. And uh, I think, as with a lot of burners, Burning Man has taken over our life uh, progressively, where we first started uh, helping to organize uh, a couple theme camps, volunteering with some of the orgs at uh, Burning Man, uh, Rangers, Arctica, Ballista Couple. And then uh, we're both on the board of directors for Connecticut's regional burn, Nectar. And then this last year, together with Eric, we built a small mutant vehicle to bring out the Burning Man, which led to this project. Um, I practice radical self-expression through projects that I do. Less is cosmery. You know, is one of the ten principles. You know, it's radical. Radical self-expression is is uh, express yourself how you want. A lot of people go out and do crazy costumes. That's that's not me at all. Uh, the most crazy you'll see me be at the burn is a. Uh, uh, when I'm out rangering, I'll have a utila kilt on. That's about as, as crazy as I get. Um, I was once almost given the burner name $12 Tom because we were uh, talking to a guy who uh, was talking about his event, and he said, hey, if you show up in costumery, you get in free. And if you show up uh, like this guy standing here, uh, well, it'll be 12 bucks. So that's that's uh, that's me, $12 Tom. <laughs> Eric, uh, you want to talk about your background? Uh, yeah, I'm Eric, and I've been... Uh, burning since 2006. I've done a lot of large-scale art. Um, you know, being on the East Coast, we tend to do a lot of regional events. So I built uh, effigies for several regional events. And um, I do do a fair amount of costumery with my wife. And we do some sort of impromptu and um, uh, performances, you know, pieces and harassing people. And we're um, also involved heavily in Nectar, um, and uh, as Thomas mentioned, uh, a co-maker on the Burning Man, or sorry, our, our Turtle Art Car. I don't know if I was clear, but uh, the Connecticut Regional is Nectar, stands for Northeast Connecticut Regional. So if you hear us uh, refer to Nectar, that is what we're talking about. So I'm Matt, and I'm the audio engineer on this program. And my background is uh, I've been burning since 2005, so I think I win. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think I need to say anything else. I knew about Burning Man before you, I'm sure. Yeah, you definitely did. (laughs) That's that's his mic mic drop right there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, So I've been involved in a supporting role on a lot of burner projects, and as well as taking um, a huge role in Connecticut's regional burn, and but been out to the burn plenty of times and done some pretty helped out on some big art out there as well. So, so by, by huge role, Matt means uh, we conned him into being the DPW lead at Nectar. Um, not sure how he let us do that, but uh, he gets to do fun stuff like wading through, you know, muddy rivers, towing a, a bridge <laughs> behind him after it washes downstream and, and great fun stuff like that. That actually is the fun part. It's the lifting the giant heavy logs out of the river. That's the, the really not fun part. So the purpose of this project is to help encourage new artists to build their own mutant vehicle and bring it to local events as well as out to Burning Man. 
uh, through the process of making our own art card in 2018, we experienced that there are a lot of things to learn, details to figure out, a lot of playing involved to build, even in our card case, a small art card that is built on top of a golf cart, and then uh, figuring out how to get it out to the burn and, and uh, get it working while you're out there. We hope to bring down some of the barriers to building large art projects for Burning Man by sharing the stories and experiences that others have gone through to bring their own amazing art out. All right, it's legal time. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. We don't stand by the accuracy of any statements made, and while we encourage all of our listeners to participate in the Burning Man community by bringing your art to burner events in your area, please make sure to validate for yourself any recommendations may be offered on this podcast. So in 2018, uh, this past year at the Burn, we were driving uh, Martuga around out to the Orb for an animal-themed art car event. For anybody that's not familiar with it, the Orb was the giant silver orb <laughs> that was <laughs> in the fly. Yeah. Before the event, uh, somebody had emailed out to mutant vehicle owners asking for an animal-themed art cars to gather at the the orb. And uh, being the good burners that we are, we thought it'd be fun to participate in the event, bring our sea turtle out, see the other animal art cars, and, uh, and you know, help participate in community. What we didn't count on was the fact that other mutant vehicle owners are also burners. Burners get distracted by, you know, shiny things, and even the best intention burners lose track of time and invariably end up missing half the scheduled things they plan on going to. Needless to say, there were not a ton of art cars at the event. In fact, I think there might have been, what do you think, Eric, half a dozen? Uh, at, yeah, oh, about, about, maybe. I think you're being generous. So, so um, there, are, there are a few, and uh, what do you know? There's another turtle. So uh, recently uh, I got in contact with uh, the other uh, turtle through Facebook on uh, the Mutant Vehicle Owners Facebook group, and uh, he agreed to join us today. And so I'd like to welcome Sam of Simon the Turtle, who is now on the line. Hello. Hey, Sam. Thomas here. Hey, Thomas. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, on the line, we also got uh, my co-hosts, uh, Matt and Eric. Uh, thanks for joining Fantastic. us. Fantastic. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. So we actually saw your your uh, art car while we were driving our turtle around uh, this past year. I don't know if uh, you recall us, but uh, we, we stopped and talked to your crew. And, and uh, well, when I saw you post on uh, the Facebook group, I was like, hey, that's super cool. Let's, uh, let's see if we can rope them in as uh, one of our early episodes. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, I, t- I totally remember that. I, uh, I think it was at the, it was at the Orb. I believe. Yeah, exactly. So um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, your background uh, as either artist, engineer, and uh, the team that uh, helped build it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm I'm a uh, set designer for uh, film and television. Um, and uh, so I've been doing that since I graduated college in 2011. Um and I, I started out working on uh, television projects on the East Coast and uh, spent a couple of years out on the West Coast. Um, and I, I just kind of kind of go where the work is uh, for the most part. Um, but that's that's where I kind of you know learned just the uh, learned to draft and uh, 3D model and um, really just kind of figure out how to. Uh, take things from ideas to, uh, to concepts, to, to finished products. 
And um, I went to Burning Man for the first time in 2015 and uh, kind of saw the, the big sandbox where everyone else had been playing. And um, yeah, it was, I, I immediately knew I wanted to come back and, and make something happen. So uh, I uh, came back 2016 and uh, built this first art car called uh, Headspace um, with a friend of mine named Mark Hegenbart. Um, and uh, that one was really fun. It, it comes with a pink heart camp. Um, and uh, that one's a, it's a big like double-decker party bus uh, sort of car with a, a giant face on the front of it that's uh, made up of like fins, um, kind of profiles of the face. Headspace was your second burn that, uh, that you, that you built that? Yeah. Yeah. Second burn. Oh, and that is a, that is an impressive project for, uh, for your second burn. So I'm, I'm guessing a lot of your professional background, uh, helped, helped make that actually happen because man is, is my second burn. I was just figuring out what this crazy thing is that I was getting into. Oh Yeah my job was really just kind of, you know, making sure we had an organized enough plan that we could accomplish all of the, the ideas that we were having. Yeah. That's usually, you know, what my job is on a daily basis, just with movie sets. The, the only thing with movie sets is that most of the time it's, it's, you know, interior office day. Um, and that office is probably a square or a rectangle with a window and a door, like maybe two. Um, so the, the art cars were definitely intriguing um, from a creative standpoint of just something a little more stimulating than, than squares and rectangles. Yeah. So, so getting back to a uh, uh, wayward BC or uh, I guess you're rebranding it to uh, Simon, the turtle. Um, yeah. You want to give us uh, the background uh, of why you're rebranding? Well, um, we we came up with the idea for the name Wayward Beasties when we had intentions and still do have intentions to make multiple vehicles. And um, the idea, like, you know, the, the turtle has been named Simon the Turtle uh, for a while, um, but the idea for the whole car was that it was a mouse riding on a turtle's back. Um, so we had this purple mouse named Finkel the mouse, um, that we, uh, we had made, um, you know, it's all like purple fur and a big shiny tail. And it's about like five foot tall mouse, um, that would ride up on top of the turtle shell. And, you know, together they were wayward beasties. Um, but just the more you have to tell people about your car um, and hopefully have them find it, uh, it doesn't take long to realize when you're trying to tell someone a name, it's much easier if the name resembles the car. I guess we, part of the rebranding, we've made Simon and Turtle into, into acronyms. Um, so Simon stands for sensory immersive mobile observation nest. <laughs> and, um, and that's something that, you know, we've, we've now brought the car to Burning Man twice and to a handful of other events as well. And um, it's much more of a comfortable, safe space for people 
to kind of recoup during the party. So, um, uh, tell us, tell us, uh, for those that have not seen uh, Simon the Turtle, tell us, uh, what Simon looks like. Um, well, Simon is a, uh, so he's a, a giant, uh, turtle with a, a 10 foot diameter, shiny geodesic dome shell. Um, and, um, inside of his shell, uh, is, you know, brightly colored, uh, fur memory foam cushions and, uh, a giant, uh, collection of stuffed animals, um, that ride inside of Simon and keep him company. Um, and, um, one of the things that we're trying to do to embody this year's theme of metamorphosis at Burning Man, um, is that we kind of want to keep Simon, um, changing, uh, every time you see him. So, uh, all of the covers on the, uh, memory foam cushions inside of Simon, um, have removable slip covers. So we can switch things out from like bright pink fur to like have one cushion that has like, you know, gator skin pleather. Um, and then another one is like a, like a velour. And then another one is just, um, just kind of different. The whole sensory immersive, uh, part of it, just kind of having different stimulus, uh, different types of things around. Um, but, uh, we also want to dress him up in different costumes for like different days and different events. So one day you might see him and he'll have a giant pirate hat on. Um, or one day you, you'll see him and he has giant bunny ears on for the million bunny march. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, we'd like it to be, you know, he's still the same old Simon, but um, we're going to dress him up all sorts of ways. Cool. So, uh, so before we start getting into like technical details, which, which is kind of the, the point of this project is, is how do, how do people build these cool projects? Um, can you share with us kind of the story of, uh, Simon from, from inception out to the first time, uh, you took it, uh, out to the burn, which sounds like is 2017. Uh, I was going to parties, uh, with burner folk in phoenix keeping in touch and uh you know talking about new ideas for an art car after headspace and um um at the time i was uh i was uh dating my my friend macy mckinney um who's a sculptor and um she uh she makes really really cute stuff um her her instagram is uh, simon says macy um, but she had made, uh, a mouse riding on a turtle's back, um, uh, as one of her sculptures and her and I had been to Burning Man together in 2016. And, um, so she had been there for year one of Headspace and, uh, helped to keep me sane through it. And, uh, we started talking about making an art car kind of based on one of her things. And, um, so yeah, that was kind of where the idea of making a turtle came from. And, um, so kind of the way I'll work on a TV show is, you know, we'll come up with a concept or an idea. And as a set designer, um, 
I focus mostly on the way something will look um, in the drawings that I do. And then we will, you know, talk with different fabricators, uh, you know, and experts um, about how to accomplish whatever the look is. And so I made a concept of the turtle and just kind of started putting it together, just started talking about it. And um, one of the first components um, was the $200 geodome climber play set playground uh, thing that you can get from Walmart um, as just our, our dome, like ready-made dome of an appropriate-ish size. So um, that, that is actually the dome you used? Oh, totally. Oh, cool. I was looking at the... Yeah. Uh, uh, you yeah, know, we were debating about whether that was what you actually used. Yeah, we were looking at the picture and it says, it looks like the, the dome is like a actual playground dome. So th- that is actually what you did. Yeah, nice. yeah. We uh, we bought one from uh, from Walmart and just put it up in our backyard. And then I would I would just kind of hang out there and uh, and just kind of, you know, look at it and visualize. Um, and uh you know, we, we ordered the, um, the rainbow monkey bars as well, uh, to make the, uh, like the crow's nest above the, above the dome. Found those online as well. Um, but in terms of the base vehicle, that was something that went through a lot of revision. Um, at, at, at the onset, we were kind of thinking of trying to make an art car, um, that could be completely inert when it wasn't in use. So instead of modifying a car, the original concept was to to make a platform big enough for this dome to ride on, um, but just put it on uh, just large caster wheels and use kind of a a luggage cart, sort of golf cart um, uh, vehicle, but have that thing just coupled to it almost like a semi-trailer to like a big rig truck. Um, And so, you know, instead of modifying the base vehicle at all, it would be more like a rolling catamaran um, that you could just drive the base vehicle underneath and then attach it to it. Um, So I I made a version, um, like kind of an exploded view drawing of what that version would be and then just kind of kept on talking with people about it. We weren't, we weren't in like a huge rush to get started immediately. And I kind of just wanted to chew on the idea and let as many people tell me like, oh, that's a horrible idea. You should do it this way as possible. Um, and so I was hanging out with my friend, uh, Andrew Bryce, who was kind of my, he's a, he's a civil engineer and was kind of like, my Dr. Spock the entire time on the project. Um, he and I were at a party and um, we were talking about the design with a group of people. And, w- you know, we were talking about getting one of those electric tailor done uh, luggage carts and using that. And we were looking at what it cost to get them new, what it cost to get them used. Um, and he's the one who first brought up like, you know, we could just say, you know, forget this cart and just get electric motors. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, part of, uh, you know, that seemed um, immediately just like a, a big simplification of things, um, you know, not having to acquire a vehicle um, and then being able to ideally, ultimately link all of our systems up to be able to talk with one another. So we could have the same brain run the motors that was running the lights and then have all of that interact just like a big robot. Um, what do you mean the same, and, uh, the same brain? And then, what was that? What do you, what do you mean the same brain? Uh, well, we used a Raspberry Pi to run the whole thing. One Raspberry Pi, the whole thing? One Raspberry Pi. Wow. Um, so the Raspberry Pi has the motor controller like programming on it and then also has the uh, lighting program that uh, our programmer, uh, Thomas Kaufman, um, uh, you know, put together for us. We have a little kind of a heads up display with a view of the shell that can tell us, you know, what triangles are lighting up what color. And uh, we have little presets for, uh, you know, the patterns on the lights and um, a little dimmer. Um, um, but yeah, one of the reasons why we ended up going in that direction is because uh, none of us are really car experts. Um, and the idea of, you know, getting an old vehicle um, that none of us like, you know, we can figure things out. We, we all like kind of have an you know, engineering brains, but um, it's just so many more pieces, like so many more uh, parts that can fail. Um, putting it on an old vehicle. Uh, and that's one of the things that we found with Headspace, putting it on the old camper, um, is that we ended up having to like replace the radiator. Um, we had to like, you know, the, even then the thing would overheat and, uh, and, you know, like uh, spew radiator fluid on the playa that we had to clean up. Um, and so, yeah, we ended up thinking more about it and, a, a fully electric system is just batteries, motor controllers, and then the motors. There's three parts. If one of those pieces break, it's really easy to figure out which one it is and replace it. Um, and, then, uh, and then another benefit to it as well is no fluids. So just no potential oil leak or, you know, anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, that, uh, that was where we finally came around to forgetting the cart and um, just came up with a design where we could buy big brushless hub motors, yeah. um, similar to the motors that are in like a one wheel or those, those like, you know, hoverboards. Um, and yeah, we just, we ordered some really big ones from China that are made for electric motorcycles. And, um, and then, yeah, out of the box, um, those connected to, uh, this type of motor controller by this company out of Scottsdale, uh, called Robotech, um, out of the box, we could use them with a normal model airplane remote control. Um, so that's what we did the first year. We just, we ran them with a normal model airplane remote control. Um, and we just used the Raspberry Pi to do the light programming. Um, but then this past year, 
uh, we got everything, uh, you know, everything talking to one another. Um, and we put into the programming to drive the thing with a PlayStation controller. So why did you go from a, you know, a, a radio control airplane remote to a to Xbox controller? Um, well, that was, uh, you know, it just, it just seemed a little more sleek to be honest. <laughs> it, um, it seemed like it would be, um, we ended up having, uh, it was, it was a PlayStation controller. And I say that specifically because we had three of them die out on Playa. Oh. <laughs> so last year we, you know, we bring backups on backups on backups. Um, we always have the backup option of a USB connected joystick. That's very, very rugged, uh, is, is totally okay with the, uh, with the playa. Um, and so, yeah, we ended up having to, to use those backups last year. Um, and so, so yeah, that it, it, it's, um, it's not quite as exciting uh, to be able to, you know, walk around the car while you're driving it, but you know, sitting on it the old-fashioned way was still fun. Yeah, I gotta say, like us walking up to you and and like watching you literally walk alongside, like not connected to anything, and and be able to steer uh, Simon the turtle around was was really cool to watch. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, we've got our crappy little golf cart, and you're like walking next to you. It's like, wow, that's super cool. Yeah, the motors that we got. Um, they were therefore electric motorcycles and we went with those initially using four of those instead of instead of two bigger motors um because we had a couple of people um express concern about traction on the playa and so the idea was that if we had four motors instead of two more is better and uh and could push down so that we could lift all our other wheels off the ground oh. um, and just be on our four motor wheels that there'd be no way that that thing could get stuck. It's just like a tank at that point. If somebody wants to get a, you know, uh, 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 one of these motors for themselves, where do they go to get, like, what are they looking for? Like, I wouldn't even know. I, I go out to get a, you know, electric golf cart is, is all I know. <laughs> Um, the, the name of the company is, uh, is called QS Motor. They're out of China. They've, they've been really great to work with. We had kind of a tragedy, uh, getting ready for Burning Man last year, um, in which, you know, um, you as someone who has used a golf cart before will know about, um, needing to disconnect the motors, um, or disconnect the batteries when you tow the thing, um, otherwise you have the potential to burn things out. Um, we towed the vehicle from our makerspace to the parking lot where it was going to be loaded on a truck to go to Playa. And in that short drive, had not secured the wires coming from the motors well enough and fried two of our motors I think it was like yeah. a month before Burning Man. Oh, man. And knew we had done it. Like as yeah. soon as we got out of the car <laughs> and looked at the thing, knew exactly what had happened. And we uh, got online, um, talked with the company, 
and they had us four new motors before Burning Man. So even even from China. So uh, yeah, they've they've definitely been great. Um, you know, with us, they're they're really quick to answer questions. But yeah, we were on uh, AliExpress or Alibaba, um, and and found them there. Um, and a lot of that, like for me, kind of it, it was I had never worked with the technology uh, before this project. It was um, it was something that I knew existed and just kind of started searching for and doing research on of like, how big do they make these? Um, because, um, the, those, I guess it kind of started with the carts that we were working with the, um, the tailor done, like kind of load bearing, like kind of luggage carts that you see a lot, um, at airports. Um, the newest version of that one used, um, brushless hub motors and, um, the, the benefit of those motors in particular over other electric motors or, or brushed electric motors, um, especially on Playa, is that brushless hub motors are completely enclosed. And so Playa doesn't get into them. Yeah. Um, and that's a problem with the brushed motors is the brushes will become so completely covered in Playa yeah. that the motor will not, they won't conduct anymore and the motor won't work. Yeah, we we talked to we talked to a lot of people about uh, the decision between a, a gas versus electric golf cart, and uh, a lot of people advised against electric golf carts. But do you think uh, that's kind of outdated information if you're using uh, brushless motors? Yes, yeah, I think so. Because um, you know the ones that I have specifically are are hub motors, like they're they're brushless hub motors, as in the motor is inside the wheel. Um, and so, you know, you could technically bolt that onto whatever chassis um, onto a normal golf cart and use that, or you could just get a brushless motor um, that's not a hub motor that will just in place replace the brushed motor in most golf carts. Um, and so, it, you know, it has just as much or, you know, more torque um but then it's a completely enclosed motor unit and won't suck in any of the playa battery technology is also a lot better than it used to be um and there are more and more you know higher capacity batteries and faster charging batteries um every year like even in the time that we you know between when we started the project and now um, we can find higher capacity batteries than we, than we ever could find before. And then two also, um, you know, different, uh, different battery technologies like LiPo batteries, uh, versus AGM batteries versus lead acid batteries. Um, like our, uh, the battery packs that we were using last year in the turtle and our first year. Um, we wanted to try to get parts that we could replace at a normal store, ideally. We wanted to try not to special order things if we didn't have to. And so we just went to Harbor Freight and bought the normal 35 amp hour AGM batteries that they have there. Um, and the, the system runs on 48 volts. So we would take four of those batteries, four of those 12 volt batteries and put them into a medium sized black and yellow bin and then just wire that up as a 48 volt battery. And, um, 
have three of those in the car. Um, so those, those would do the trick. They give us between half an hour to an hour of like constant running time, depending on, you know, how much you accelerate and decelerate and, you know, how much maneuvering you do. Um, but each one of those weighed about a hundred pounds. So trying to like lift those in and out, um, and change them out was kind of a pain in the butt, but now there exists on, um, on Alibaba. Um, you know, you can find some stuff on Amazon. Um, there are, uh, like 80 amp hour battery packs that are lipo batteries that weigh, you know, 25 to 50 pounds that that one unit has the capacity of three of our big hundred pound black and yellow battery packs. What, what kind of range did you get with the half hour to an hour charge? I mean, how far out deep did you go into the playa? Oh, I mean like we, we, uh, I guess the longest, uh, um, the longest like single trip that we did was um from where we were staying it was like you know 10 o'clock in esplanade um we went past center camp to i think it was like g where the burner express bus was letting off um because we were picking up my mom from the bus and then so we went there and drove all the way back um on one battery pack and like made that trip, but we still had, you know, the two backup battery packs on the vehicle. And we also had a charger and a generator to be able to charge um, anywhere we went as well. Part of our motivation for the whole project is kind of making parts that can be reconfigured. So, you know, we were making a turtle art car, but really we were well, looking to make a platform for a car uh, that could continue to change. Um, and, you know, ideally be as easy to use as possible, as, uh, as disassemblable and, and shippable as possible. The um, the lighting effects were were pretty impressive on it as well. I, I you had that uh, interesting like sort of iridescent uh, plastics that you you put in it. The dichroic finish um, that was um, inspired by uh, there's this artist uh, Davis McCarty that uh, did a an art exhibit called the Pulse Portal mm -hmm. um, at Burning Man in uh in 2016 and uh we were walking around and saw that and uh just kind of started asking around and uh he uses that dichroic look in a, in a lot of his sculpture work he's out of chicago and so yeah we we really enjoyed the the shine and then the you know the color changing effect with it and um found uh Found it on uh, this website that this company Solix S O L Y X makes different really cool window films. They have like there's the the mirror iridescent kind of you know dichroic effect, but then they have a lot of really neat textured films that also have that dichroic look. So you could you know put like we 
we'd like to continue kind of changing the shell. So like, you know, we could make it look like it's like gator skin and that same sort of dichroic or like a bunch of pebbles or make it look like a disco ball, um, you know, all with kind of, you know, interchangeable gels almost. Yeah. Was it easy to change out the plates or how much? Well, we have, uh, the plates have two layers. Mm -hmm. So there's the, the outer shell layer. Okay. And then um, on the inside, we have a thinner layer of plexi that's just attached with like kind of like little bungees um, in all the corners. And so between the, the framing and that, that inner shell layer, we can just flip different triangular gels, yeah. just like you would in like a, in like a movie light. Um, you know, you'll have like a, uh, a blue gel to make it look like moonlight and stuff like that. One of our, uh, one of our kind of wish list items for this year is, uh, you know, the turtle's name is Simon. And um, I'm not sure if you guys remember the, the memory game of the nineties, oh, Simon oh, yeah. with the colored buttons. Right. Yep. Um, so our wish list plan is to make a replica of our big shell, um, but smaller, like maybe a little bigger than handheld that we could mount somewhere on the vehicle um, where every single triangle is a button. It's oh, a lot of triangles. <laughs> no, that's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that. Yeah. that is a, that is 40, 40 triangles. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, if we if we make this controller, um, we could do the the same style memory game as as Simon. It would be very very difficult with forty <laughs> triangles to 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 have to worry about. Um, but we could also do different cool effects with just changing the color of the lights or making it you know just more interactive in that way that you you press one triangle and it like makes a color ripple across the entire shell. Um, you know, things like that. So, uh, this is Matt. I just wanted to ask a question about, so you say you built it in Phoenix, correct? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so you kind of alluded to, you built it at a maker space. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, we started the maker space, um, about well, a little over a year ago. Um, it was January of 2018. Um, we had, you know, taking the turtle to our first burn and now we're faced with homing the turtle after the burn um, and not leaving it outside to rust. A friend of ours uh, named Boots, um, who uh, was one of the heads of the, uh, the fucking flamingos camp um, for, for a while. Um, he is a very involved burner in Phoenix, Arizona. And he, um, he and I talk a lot and we started talking about starting up a makerspace. Um, and, uh, he, he's one of those people that just can magically find anything, um, and, and find it for next to no money. And, uh, so, like we start talking about it and I don't know, within like a week or two, he has access to this warehouse space in Southwest Phoenix uh, that's completely empty. 
like ready for us to move in, has really big garage doors that we can roll the turtle in and out of, um, and, you know, a, a lot of other uh, interested people um, who are also, you know, skilled in one way or another. Um, so we started that at the beginning of 2018, and now have been doing it, have, have been working in there for a little over a year. And, um, it's amazing. We've, uh, we've acquired all sorts of tools. We have like a, a plasma cutter and a laser cutter, you know, all sorts of carpentry stuff. Um, we've put in a lot of, um, warehouse shelving along all of the walls, um, to get everybody's stuff all organized and up off the floor. And, um, I think we, our membership kind of fluctuates, but I think we're probably like 12 or 13. Um, active members at this point. We work on art cars. We work on theme camps. We uh, you know, do different art installations and interactive art for parties. Uh, and the group is called uh, Make It Weird. <laughs> oh, um, so if, if people are trying to find your makerspace, uh, where, where can they uh, find out more information? Um, yeah, if, uh, if you search for us, uh, Make It Weird on Facebook. We're uh, located in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, we're always, you know, posting stuff that we're up to and, uh, you know, things that we're doing. You know, I'm just kind of curious, how many hours did you actually spend on this art car, do you think? How much time have you put into it? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You don't want to think about it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Months worth of hours. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I've, I've had, you know, friends that... Um, like Andrew during the project, you know, we, we kind of talked a couple of times about like, you know, I would text him at, at like all hours, especially since like I would, I would travel from Phoenix uh, to LA a lot. Um, and, um, and to the, to the East coast as well. So just like being in different time zones and just like, you know, coming up with ideas for stuff, you know, just inspired by a random thing happening. Um, I would end up, you know, I kind of had to tell him like, Hey, just so you know, like if I text you about stuff, there's really no obligation to text me back immediately. Um, like I'm not like, there's no, there's no urgency to these texts. I'm just like, I got a brain dump yeah. a little bit sometimes. Yeah. You mentioned quite a few names. How big do you think the team was overall that helped you pull this off? I mean, Oh man, we, um, we did a, we did a Kickstarter our first year and, uh, raised about $12,000. We had over a hundred people, um, I think like 125 different backers, um, who then, you know, after helping us get started, um, you know, came out and helped, uh, you know, cut metal and, uh, apply window film and, you know, paint the chassis. And, um, it was definitely a very like kind of Phoenix community project for, for a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say all in all, like probably close to like 150 people have worked on this thing. Um, you know, during the course of its life, the core crew has probably been about, you know, like five or six, seven, uh, you know, seven or eight uh, in there. I gotta say, man, like uh, uh, I'm uh, 12k via Kickstarter. That 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 seems impressive for a Kickstarter. Like, how were you able to get uh, 
you know, that much uh, funding through Kickstarter? Well, we, uh, I would say like our average donation, um, I mean, our average donation was still in the realm of like, I don't know, between a hundred and 200 bucks. Um, but, uh, you know, between Macy and I, you know, Macy, the, the sculptor, um, um, she was also a graphic designer. Um, we came up with a, a, a good amount of like, you know, just fun art stuff, um, for, um, all of our incentives. You know, we did, we did, uh, pins and, uh, and stickers and, uh, for the higher, uh, for the higher tiers, uh, Macy even, you know, sculpted little like handmade turtles for people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that really had a significant draw plus, you know, plus a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of larger donations from some other, uh, you know, members of the burner community in Phoenix, um, that believed in us. Um, so we, uh, we got started when we were camping with, uh, Camp Walter, um, of, uh, of all of the, you know, the uh, magic, uh, magical, amazing, uh, art cars of theirs as our inspiration. Um, so like, you know, Calliope and, uh, Big Red and Walter the Bus and, uh, Heathen and, uh, and Mona Lisa. It was definitely just, uh, Phoenix is, uh, is a really magical town and that it just, it definitely has a lot of creative energy and, uh, a lot of people looking to, looking to make something weird. Do you have a do you have a good idea of how much uh, the initial build cost and uh, then like how much it cost uh, you next year? Um, I would say the initial build um, there was there was the the twelve grand that we raised on the Kickstarter and then we um, we did another event uh, called the the Main Street Prototyping Festival in uh in mesa arizona and they ended up giving us a grant uh for that after you know we applied for a grant for that um so that was about uh three grand so we raised about 15 grand for the project and i would say it, it probably cost around that much um for the initial build as far as the the steel for the chassis and then um you know uh paying in for the fabrication because that was something where you know something where when we're dealing with um you know load-bearing structure that has to support a lot of people um, that wasn't something that i felt comfortable with just hacking together so um i was curious uh, um after the lot of fabrication how did your um uh, application go with the DMV. Um, well, we uh, having having done the the first application um, for Headspace with Mark, um, you know, and kind of getting our first taste of, uh, you know, I guess what what the application could be through that. Um, we were very very thorough, um, and then we were we were very thorough with the turtle as well. Um, in detailing out um kind of exactly what we've done but then also you know that's that's kind of where i come into the project um is concept art and uh 
and designs, actually like draft drafted designs of the project. Um, so we gave them a, a pretty clear idea of what our intentions were. And um, our first year, um, we were a little uh, we were a little short of what they wanted mm. our first year um, in terms of the overall um, aesthetic. Um, we had, you know, we had, we had gotten our shell together. We had gotten a turtle head on, um, but there were some things that just weren't quite as flashy as they could have been. Uh -huh. And we still got approved, but they called us on it and like made a note. Um, so then we, you know, we took those notes and came back the second year and, um, and, you know, added some more flash and really kind of finished the thing the way we had wanted to the first year. You know, we, we still have, uh, you know, improvements that we want to make and improvements that were also requested of us um, by the DMV. So um, one of them being just even more illumination at night. You know, like our, our, uh, our shell, it puts off a lot of light, but there are still parts of the car, um, you know, that are solid. Like our, our head is a, is a big plush head. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't have any floodlights lighting that thing up, then it's just a big dark shape. Mm -hmm. um, and so just things like that, just kind of fine tuning the look um, now is something that we can do more of since we're not inventing the art car again. Like, yeah, and something that has been, you know, reiterated by Chef Duke uh, many times uh, on the on the mutant vehicle page, you know, not wanting to see wheels yeah. on uh, something yeah. that's not supposed to have wheels. Yeah, we had the same issue. Um, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we we got dinged this past year um, about that in particular, and that was something that we weren't as concerned about covering up because we had created the vehicle from scratch. And uh, although it is quite utilitarian, um, you know, it is still somewhat of a, a work of sculpture um, just out of steel. Um, you know, every, I guess one of the things that we've really tried to, I guess I, I've tried to focus on with the project is um, having a concept, but then also not too uh, stringently sticking to it um, because, you know, suggestions from other people uh, can, you know, cause the thing to grow in ways that you didn't anticipate. I'm, I'm, I'm squinting at Eric here now because uh, we, we worked through some, uh, some artistic disagreements on, uh, on Martuga and yeah, I had to, I had to acknowledge that uh, some of his ideas might've been better than mine. Yeah. Art by committee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's hard, um, especially like, you know, when we first came up with uh, the concept, it was based on a sculpture um, that's a very cute sculpture. But as more people uh, are introduced into the thing um, and with a project of this size, um, it, it is always it's an opportunity to involve more people. Um, when you're working on a project of this size. By the time you're, you're in line at the DMV, you've, you've gotten your invite from, 
from the DMV. I, I've heard that they will do everything they can to at least give you a night license or, or something to drive around. You've done a lot of effort to get your, your art out to Burning Man. They don't want to turn you away. And so I've, I've heard from them that they turn, once you show up, as long as your project basically represents what you submitted, they do everything they can to, uh, to prove you. So you might not get both a, a day and a night license. They might say, Hey, we're going to give you a night license because you know, your wheels show up, uh, Man, message to the DMV. Get over the wheels. I don't know what it is you guys have with, with, with <laughs> wheels. Like, look yeah, at the, yeah. Look at the heart car as a whole. What they said to me is that they're there to be a permission engine. Yeah. Um, they're not there to be the bad cop. So do you have a, a plan of how to uh, address the, the fuzzy head that's not lit up or... Uh, address your wheels? Um, well, we, uh, the fuzzy head, um, it's days are probably numbered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the easiest solution, um, is, uh, is to you know, put some sort of led floodlight, you know, on the car pointing up at the head, you know, light it up, light it up different colors. Um, but we've also talked about, um, make either making interchangeable heads or just switching out the head entirely, um, for a different look. Um, so one of the, one of the potential ideas was, or is, um, making, using the same geodesic, uh, acrylic, you know, color changing acrylic, but make a geodesic turtle head with that as if it's like a giant crystal turtle head. Um, and then, you know, maybe we use that same technique to, instead of, you know, instead of the turtle having the, the kind of more really tortoise like legs that we have on it right now, um, give it more flippers like a turtle and, uh, and make them more kind of geodesic leaves almost, um, and just kind of have the whole thing have that uniform lit up look um, and kind of get rid of the plush finish on the outside of the turtle. Was there any uh, specific ride that you particularly remember that was was particularly fun for you? Um, Well, the the picking my mom up from the burner express bus, um, for, was that her first, time? uh, for her first year on playa oh, was, okay. was pretty fun. Um, uh, that's nice. so, so we, we drove out there and, um, we had an attachment on the front of the vehicle, uh, to hang bikes on it. And, um, so I had my mom's bike and then, uh, and then, uh, Macy's bike on the, on the front of the turtle and, uh, we're, we're sitting there waiting when the bus pulls up and my mom gets to, you know, point out the window, like that's my son's turtle. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that for me was the first, uh, longest expedition we had done in the turtle, like to that time we had test driven it 
in Phoenix, but just kind of in our, in our neighborhood, just up and down the block. Um, but uh, that was the first, like, okay, we're going to drive one mile out and then have to drive a mile back. Um, here goes nothing. <laughs> you know, we've, we've brought backups. Hopefully this will be fine. And then it was, <laughs> it, um, um, and then, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, the, the, it, it was, it was fun. Like the second year, um, just the little bit more of an improvement and reliability the second year uh-huh. just made for just so much more interaction. Like so, just so many more like parties we went to and people that we met, um, you know, and, and people we could give rides to. Nice. Was, um, what's the most significant, uh, failure that you've had? Uh, have you run out of uh, battery power while you've out and been out and about? Have you had- oh man. Okay. So those PlayStation controllers, yeah. they really don't do well in the dust. <laughs> uh, um, we, um, last year, um, the turtle team, won the Camp Walter Walk of Shame Award um, when, uh, when we basically, we, we, we stopped in to see my mom because uh, she was volunteering at the emergency medical services station uh, right by the temple. And we stop in to say hi. We sit there for a while. And then we go to try to move again and our PlayStation controller has died. And our camp is at two o'clock in Esplanade and we're at the temple. Uh, you got a little so, bit of a, yeah, it's a trek. Right. <laughs> so I ride my bike back. I grab um, a second PlayStation controller, one of our backups and, uh, and, and bike back. We try that one, and that one is also dead. Oh, you're getting so, nervous at this man. point. Oh, yeah. So at that point, we had basically built in the possibility, like we, we had built, built the possibility in that, like, okay, we might have to pull this thing. So um, my, uh, my teammate Greg and I, uh, grabbed a rope out of the, the sarcophagus, uh, roped it around the front of the thing, and then uh, pulled the thing all the way back from there um, instead of asking anyone for help. You know, we, we, we probably could have flagged somebody <laughs> down to give us a pull. But, um, yeah, we just we pulled it back to camp from there, and Walter had their bar set up out front, and like a bunch of people in the camp watched us the entire time pull the thing back. It's like they could see us from a mile away. So like, yeah, they just like we pull for there thirty seconds, you know, maybe Still a minute, coming. and then just like stop and take a breather, we can, and then pull we can, for we can go help pull for another them, couple but... minutes. No. <laughs> so that that was definitely our uh, our backup plan too is is we fully expected to get out there and like be in deep play and just totally break down and like well you know worst case we'll just you know get a tower open um <clears throat> i don't know about pulling back by hand but uh, we we could definitely recruit a vehicle um there are vehicles out there you know that can tell yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. We checked in with the DMV for the potential of having art car support vehicles, and for a few reasons, primarily having to do with the number of vehicles out on Playa, that's not something they want to offer. Uh, if your mutant vehicle does break down, you have a few options available. First and foremost, make friends. Remember those principles like uh, radical self-reliance and communal effort. See if you can make friends with another mutant vehicle to get a tow back to your camp. As a last resort, flag down a ranger. Rangers are invariably incorrigible do-gooders out to prove how helpful they can be. And even if you can't convince them to help push your mutant vehicle back to camp, you can at least have them call for Captain Hook. Uh, Captain Hook is the ranger's tow truck and probably will be able to help out, if nothing else, than to get you back to your camp without having to use a human rope tow to get across the playa like Sam did with uh, Simon the Turtle. So if you break down, uh, make friends, call a ranger, get help, uh, definitely don't rope tow yourself across the playa. Have, have you come up with a backup plan now that you had to tow your car, turtle, Simon? Ah, what is that? Probably three quarters of a mile, I guess. Mile? Yeah. Um, well, the, uh, the real, I mean, that was the funny part about it is like the reason why we had to was because the only part of it that had failed was the PlayStation controller. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have our, our USB wire joysticks on the car with us at the time. And I hadn't brought them back. Um, so the rest of the time we were at burn last year, we just drove with those and they were absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely backups on backups. Um, you know, like if, if we have a wire, you know, the wireless controller that we go with for next year. We'll definitely have a wired backup. Um, and then, you know, as you say about, you know, registering a vehicle as a, a you know, art support vehicle, um, you know, would definitely be on our list. But I think we'd also probably be a little more, um, a little more outgoing in terms of asking for help from our, our fellow burner brethren. Um, now that we've done it once, I don't think that we need to win the Camp Walter Walk of Shame Award two times, <laughs> two years in a row. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Gets, gets your workout in at least one string. Yeah. Let's, let's work those glutes. Like CrossFit, CrossFit Burning Man edition. <laughs> <laughs> I guess would you recommend for other people to uh, build their own art cars just in general? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely. I think that um, it's a, a different way to interact with the festivities. Yeah. How, how do you think it's different from walking around? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just that you know, bringing like bringing something there in some ways is is you know kind of a a, a home base for you to have. Um, you know, it's it's your your beacon of, of creativity. Um, and so it's just, if anything, if anything, it's at least a talking point to get to, to, to break the ice. Like, you know, th this big thing that I brought, like, let's talk about it, um, you know, or, or any of the other big cool things. Do, do you feel like you have a sense of responsibility to, to take your art out for people to, to involve in? Or, or are you able to kind of time slice it where you're like, okay, I'm going to 
take uh, take Simon out for a couple hours today, and then I'm going to go off and uh, have fun in the dust and not worry about uh, Simon for a bit. There definitely is responsibility involved, and and um, there it, it has been important um, to have like at least one day uh, that is a nothing to do with Simon, just looking at everything else that is their day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also the easier the thing gets to work with um, and the more stable the system is, um, it isn't as much of a responsibility um, anymore. Yeah. It, it kind of come almost becomes more of a comfort what do you like the least about uh, bringing a, a an art card to Burning Man? Um, how does it rain on your parade? What's 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 the most headache thing about it? The most headache thing about it is the the chronic FOMO. You know, there's this idea that you know I brought this car and I'm having to focus on this car. And because I'm focusing on this car, I'm missing mm-hmm. some party out there. There's some party that I'm not a part of because I'm focusing on this car. Mm-hmm. And there's that party out there that you're not at regardless of where you are yeah. or what you're doing. I don't know. Like having a, having a focus like the car um, in some ways can feel like being tied down. Um, but as the saying you know, you have the burn you have goes. I think part of it is kind of just just having the burn that I'm having. Um, it, it's only hardest when the turtle feels like a burden. It's kind of really all up to me whether or not it feels like a burden. You know, each year it's gotten easier. So the, the corollary to that question is... Um is what did you like the most about uh, being involved in bringing a, a mutant vehicle out? I think, I feel like you've answered this a little bit, but uh, maybe you can kind of summarize up what, uh, why you keep doing it. I don't know. Like part of, uh, part of the appeal of bringing an art car is the, the plethora of problems to solve. But once those are solved, the, the really fun part is just the experience of being able to, uh, Give someone a ride. There, there are many different arenas in which you can give someone a ride and help them out. But the idea that, like, you know, some uh, some first-time burner and uh, his his or her friends are uh, you know walking along on playa and decide to run after a giant turtle and then it stops for them and then uh, and drives them around. You know, that's that's an experience that I had my first my first year on playa and uh one that i'd love to keep paying forward to people i think it it, kind of reminds me of uh the song uh supersonic rocket ship by the kinks i kind of i like having you know not a an inclusive space to contribute you know there's the members of the team have uh have contributed to the the overall you know project of the car then part of the kind of core concept of inviting people into the shell, into the soft space, we include in, inside of it for people to kind of interact with while they're, while they're inside, 
um, like coloring books and sketchbooks and children's books and just games that make you feel like you were a kid for the purpose of just being able to talk about whatever, being able to like visualize any ideas that people might have. I've, I've talked with a bunch of people over the course of you know, all these events about their ideas for art cars and, um, and things that they want to do. You know, there are a lot of people that live lives where they have an idea and their brain immediately tells them that that is an idea that could never happen. Stop thinking about that. That's something that I haven't, <laughs> I've done my best to not listen to that voice that tells you that that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I want to try to help other people uh, to do as well. Awesome, man. Um, that, you know, you can do things that you never thought that you could do and ideas that somebody might tell you is a bad idea. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean that that's a bad idea. Um, just because somebody didn't understand it or if they didn't like it. Yeah, I think that's that's something that I've really enjoyed uh, about the project is just that it can be an encouragement for someone else to have an idea and just try it. Let me take you on a little trip, my supersonic ship, at your disposal if you feel so inclined. So where can people find out more about your mutant vehicle? Um, we have a, uh, a Facebook page um, and a, uh, an Instagram account um, by the same name. Uh, right now it is at uh, Wayward Beasties. Um, we're we're going to be changing the name to just Simon the Turtle. But uh, for right now, Wayward Beasties is where you can find us. And... Um, yeah, we're going to be doing an event in May uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, called the uh, Full Moon Festival, um, and uh, we're partnering up with this uh, this camp in Phoenix called Cat World uh, that came to Playa last year for their first year, and uh, we're uh, it's a fundraiser party for them, and so we're uh, we're bringing the turtle out and we're gonna we're gonna dress it up like a like a giant turtle cat half turtle, half cat monstrosity. It's going to be great. I want to say that uh, I've been really inspired by all your uh, your work. Uh, it, it's really impressive. And I, I, I just want to thank you so much for um, doing this interview with us. It's been awesome. It's been great. Well, thank you so much for, for putting together this, uh, uh, this program, the Mutant Vehicle Project. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to be involved. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you on the play again. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll yeah uh, we'll definitely look you up. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, Island of Lost Buoys. Let's let's get all the turtles together. <laughs> Great, man. All right. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the next burn. Awesome. Thanks so much, fellas. I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, we will post a link to Simon the Turtle as well as Sam's other projects on the details for this episode. Sam has a lot of great images and videos posted. You can find out more about the Mutant Vehicle Project, including links to all our social media on our website, themutantvehicleproject.com. It's been a lot of fun talking with Sam about Simon the Turtle, and uh, we'd like to thank him for his time today. 
If you own a mutant vehicle and would like to share your story or know somebody that does, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at themutantvehicleproject at gmail.com or through the Contact Us page on our website. Until next time, this is the Mutant Vehicle Project.